you're a guest with us, welcome home to Radiant Church. If you're church shopping, the church shopping's over. You found your home here at Radiant Church. So let's welcome our guests. That's a big deal that we're with us. We love you guys. Greet all of our campuses that are joining us at One Church in seven locations. And um, I'm excited about what God's doing in all of those campuses. Every single campus, every single service, I believe, has baptisms today, which is so cool to see the life change that's happening. And by the way, one last announcement, and I'm going to jump right into God's Word, is uh, our our Worship team, Radiant Collective, just released their uh, their first live album, their second album total, um, the album Stay, which is amazing. And so tonight we are hosting an album release worship night. And uh, we are going to pack out the South Tampa location. I know, get here early, get a good seat. It's going to be powerful tonight. We're going to do all of our new songs. We're going to do some old stuff. Um, I'm telling you, it's going to be a great night. We're going to believe God for healings and miracles. And so um, if you can't be here in person, we'll stream it online. And so make sure you, uh, you, you join us for that. It'll be a great night of worship and uh, all new Radiant Worship stuff, which I'm so pumped about. So, well, hey, we are in uh, part seven of our series through the book of Romans. Are y'all enjoying our Romans series right now? And I love this. We're finding clarity in the midst of chaos. I think the most important thing you do as a believer um, when you find your hope in Christ is that you find out what your identity is and who God's created you to be. So I've started this series with so far giving you six I am statements. They're right here on the screen. If you forgot them, here's the first ones. I am unashamed of the gospel. And when you know what the gospel really is, you're unashamed of it. You're proud of it. Here's the second one that I'm done with excuses. Week three is that I am living by faith. Week four is that I am made righteous. This is a new identity that God's given you. It's hard for us to understand it, but when you get it and you start to walk in it, it's a game changer. Then we did in week uh, five, we talked about I am suffering for a purpose. Last week, we, we talked about this idea that I am dead to sin. And if you missed the message last week, check it out. We dealt with all things of how to overcome sin in our life. And hopefully it's a, a message that'll help you walk in victory. And let me just say this, I, I'm gearing all of this up. And if you missed any of these, check them out on our YouTube channel. And I have found out recently, not to be uh, weird about this, but I found out recently that some of you guys who call Radiant Church their home are not uh, subscribed to our YouTube channel. And that's a sin. Uh, we talked about that last week. So make sure you do that. Lots of content, lots of worship stuff that's on there. Um, we are diving into Romans chapter 8 today. This week and next week, we'll be talking through Romans chapter 8. And I can unashamedly say this, it is my favorite chapter in all of the Bible. Romans chapter 8, and, and if you've been around Radiant, you're like, I think you've said that before. Well, I like a lot of the Bible, all of the Bible. But uh, Romans chapter 8 is by far my favorite. I used to actually run an internship of, of people training for ministry before I was the pastor here. I was a youth pastor, and part of that was training up young people for ministry. Many of them are in ministry. Many of them are here uh, serving at Radiant Church as pastors and leaders. But in that internship, um, I made them memorize Romans chapter 8. And you go, well, that's not a big deal. Well, there's 39 verses in the book. So it is in the chapter. So it is a massive deal. It's hard. I was actually with one of them a, a few days ago. And I asked her, like, do you still know it? And yeah, yeah, I know a little bit of it. So uh, there's something about getting God's word in you because it is one of the most powerful verses of how we are to live as believers in the victorious Christian life that God has for you. So I couldn't do it all in one week. We got two weeks of it. You don't want to miss either of those weeks, but let's pick up today. Romans chapter eight, we're going to start in verse one. Therefore, what is it there for? It's therefore to saying, because we're dead to sin, because we've been given new life, because we have been justified, because our past is erased and our sin is forgiven. Therefore, here's how we are to live. Ready? There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Zero, nada, 
no condemnation. Why are we no longer condemned? We're no longer condemned because we are not our sin. We are not our past. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Can we give a good amen today, church? So there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Two different laws right there. One's a law of the spirit and one is a law of sin and death. There's, there's two different, uh, one, you have to understand that we are under a new law, a new way of living, and he's gonna show us how. For the law, what the law was powerless to do and that it weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us. Now, I want you to understand that. That means it's fully met. Meaning there's nothing else you have to do to make yourself right with God. We can walk in confidence today, in boldness today, that the law has been fully met. And now look what it says. Who, who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the, say it out loud. Spirit. I need your help at all of our campuses, but according to the what? Spirit. The Spirit. All right, now look at verse 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Amen. I want to talk to you today about one of the most important things for you to live in the victorious Christian life that God has for you. And it's this I am statement, your seventh. We're halfway through the series, so here's the seventh one today. Ready? It's that I am led by the Spirit. Yeah. I am led by the Spirit. I'm going to teach you a way to live today led by the spirit of God that he can guide all your direct all your decisions and every single area of your life our family does an outing every October where we experience fall in Florida. Now, for those who are from the, the north or from, from the northwest, you have these things called seasons. Now, in Florida, we do not have seasons. We have hot, and then we have a couple days in January where it's very cold, and then it gets hot again. But, but, but what we try to do is we try to make the most of our fall. So we get in our flannel clothes and we get in our little fall stuff. We get a little pumpkin drink and then we go and enjoy the 88 degree Florida weather during October. So we always find some kind of like fall event to go through. So yesterday, if you follow me on social, you saw that we went and did our little fall day. So we found a little place and, and had a good time. I think there's the family. Look at that Burke family. Oh, I'll say it like that. That, that. That's me and my wife and my five kids. If you don't know, we have five kids that are 10 and under. And we have now a new dog. And so the dog is not part of the pictures because I don't like the dog yet. So pray for us. The dog needs to get delivered and... Working through a lot of issues with the dog. But, um, so the dog wasn't invited to the, to the experience. But what we do is we have this moment where we go out and we enjoy fall. And one of the things is we like to do is we like to run through, and the kids like to run through a corn maze. Okay, so yesterday we did the corn maze. It took us a few minutes. It was super hot, and it was not well done. So we kind of went through it and left. But a couple of years ago, we got into one. I think it was out in Plant City, and it was, like, intense. It was super tall. It was really thick. You couldn't just, like, you know, cheat through it. And it literally took us over an hour to get through this thing. I remember having moments where I'm super frustrated, super angry, because you go down this path and you're like, all right, this is it, this is it. And then you get to the dead end and I look, I'm blaming my kids. Y'all chose this thing. It was a terrible decision. It sounds fun. Some of you, you're like, you're, you're just in that young kind of single season of life. You're like, that's such a blast. It's not fun with little kids. 
So we're going to this moment, and I'll never forget, I, I told Katie, going through these corn mazes, I said, let me tell you what would make this so much better. Because there was a time in the corn maze, I remember sitting there going, like, hey, does anybody work here? Like, I remember yelling out, like, hey, is there anybody that works here? Is there anybody, get us out of this thing. We're stuck. And I told Katie, I said, the better way through the corn maze would be to go with the person that created the corn maze. Because then we're not sitting there having to choose what's, uh, what we think is best anymore. We go through the corn maze and they go, hey, 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 I, I, I put that. That's kind, of a, that's kind of a distraction. Don't go that way. Go this way. This is the best path. It'll lead you to the quickest response. You won't live frustrated. If you go this way, you're going to be frustrated. If you go this way, you're going to be really fulfilled. You'll get out of it and you'll get to get a candy apple at the end. Like it's way better. Yeah. So, so, so it's better to go with the creator. Are you with me today, church? So what I want to challenge you with is many times you're frustrated in life. And I just want you to know you're not called to be frustrated. We've been given a guide. We've been given the creator to be with us during our seasons, during our decision-making process. And it's a lifestyle that's being led by the spirit of God. And I want to tell you today, it's a better way for you to live. It's a better way for you to live. Imagine, imagine living a life where the Holy Spirit leads you in what school you're supposed to go to. Where the Holy Spirit leads you into what relationship you're supposed to get into. Imagine the people he would have kept you from if you would have been led by him instead of going by your flesh every single time. Imagine the conflict resolution that would happen if the Holy Spirit was involved. You and your spouse would get along a lot better because you would be listening to God instead of your flesh all the time. It'll, it'll change your life. Imagine when you go into God's word and you're looking at it, you're going, I don't understand this. You're not doing it on your own. You have the spirit of God, the very one that breathed the, the words that are on the page. And that God, God is going to guide you in all ways. It's a life led by the spirit. Imagine how you can build your company being led by the spirit of God, how you can handle disappointment led by the spirit of God, how you can travel, how you can have a guide for your entire day. It's a life led by the spirit. Here's the crucial thing for you to understand. Write it on your notes because everybody is led by something. Everybody's led by something in their life. So before you become a Christian, you're led by your sin nature. And that's why you're in the situation you're in right now. So you can't choose right. You can't do it yourself. So that's why you're frustrated in the corn maze, lost, and you go, how do I get out of it? You need a guide to lead you out. That's the spirit of God. So we have to make a decision, even as believers, to say, I'm not going back to being led by my flesh, even though it's a temptation for all of us, is it not? We all have those moments. We're going to say, no, I'm going to live a life led by the Spirit. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God, they, they're, they're the children of God. So the mark on our life should be the fact that we're led by His Spirit. When people ask you, they go, how is your marriage so good? How are your kids raised so right? How did you build that business so well? You get back and you go, it's because I'm led by the spirit of God. He guided me. I just obeyed him. When I obeyed him, he led me into victory. I'm going to teach you how to live a spirit-led life. So here, let's start with the end in mind. The end is always important to start with. So what's the the fruit of it? And I'm going to give you them. They're right there in your notes. Where does the Holy Spirit lead us? So you can know if you're kind of led by the Spirit to see where it leads you. And I hope this kind of baits you into a desire to live your life led by the Spirit of God. Here they are. They're on the screen. The first one is it leads us towards Christ. 
Always leads us to Christ. So this is so important because like we're all dead in our sin. We're all lost in our sin. So the only way to get out of that corn maze, the only way to get out of your frustration is the spirit has to draw us. Look what he said in verse three. I think this is so crucial. He said it this way. For the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh. God did. So we couldn't do it on our own. Salvation can't be our work. It has to be something God does. He did by sending his own son and the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So the spirit draws us. So that's that moment of salvation. You're in your seat and you feel that pounding in your chest. You feel that drawing to go, I'm gonna leave my old life and I'm gonna follow Christ. What is that? That's the spirit drawing you to Christ. That's your, when you get stagnant and you have that moment, you're going, man, I need to go pray right now. What is that? That's the Holy Spirit drawing you to Christ. The Holy Spirit will always draw us to Christ. I, I love this quote. It says it like this. I don't want the world to define God for me. I want the Holy Spirit to reveal God to me. Yes. It's really good. And you need the Holy Spirit to reveal God to you. He's always going to draw us to Christ. Here's the second one. He said the Holy Spirit will draw us, will lead us to peace. And in a world filled with chaos, don't we need peace more than ever before? But he won't just lead you to peace internally. He'll lead you to peace externally where you'll stop having drama in your life. Some of y'all need to learn how to live this way. Look at verse five. We're gonna map it out all through chapter eight. Look at this. For those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live according to the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. Now, so there's only two options. Now imagine during your conflict, are, is your mind set on the spirit or is it set on the flesh? It's one of the two. And it says it like this. Um, it said on the, for the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Don't you want that in your life? I want peace in my life. So when I'm led by the spirit, I'm led into peace. People have asked me, they'll go, how do you know if it's God's will? And I say a vast majority of the time, the thing that determines if it's God's will is there peace in it. There's something about the fact that, man, God brought me to the place. I've just felt the peace of God in that decision. You know God's in it because his spirit's always going to lead you to peace. Number three, here's the third one, is that he's not only going to lead you to peace. The third one is that he's going to lead us to holiness. He's going to lead us to holiness. I grew up in kind of a crazy, charismatic church. And, and I remember there was this lady in church, and she was just, she was the most vocal one. She always, she always prayed the loudest in tongues and always prophesied. But she was the meanest lady in our entire church just angry. Then, then her and her, they're, they're, they got a divorce. And, and I remember she was just as vulgar as can be outside of the church, inside of the church. She was all holy and all righteous. And I remember sitting there thinking, isn't it weird that the Holy Spirit only, you know, only moves through her during service moments instead of every other area of her life. And let me just, just reiterate the fact that the Holy Spirit does not empower us so that we can live in some special way on a stage. He empowers us so that we can live holy throughout the rest of our lives. So the Spirit always leads us to holiness. Look at verse 12. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it's not to the flesh to live according to it. We talked about that, that last week. We're dead to our flesh. And it says, for if we live according to the flesh, you'll die. But if you live according to the Spirit, you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. You will live. So there's a place where we can get there and say, you know what? We're going to be 
conformed to the image of Christ. We're going to be transformed because the Holy Spirit's going to lead us to holiness. Here's the fourth one. I think this is so crucial. The Holy Spirit leads us to understanding our new identity. So there's a new identity in who we are in Christ, and you don't know it yet. So you have to, it has to be revealed to you, and that's what this series is all about. The Holy Spirit is revealing our new identity. Look at verse 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. So you are disconnected from God. You've been adopted. You've been brought into the family of God. And it says, and by him we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit himself. Look what he does. He testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. So there's a moment where you sit there and you have that that moment and you go, you know what? I'm no longer disconnected. I'm no longer separated. It's a spirit-led life. You know who you are in Christ. You know who you are as God's children. Look at verse 17. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we also share in his glory. So there's moments that you're going to share in his suffering, but I have good news for you today. If you'll continue to be led by his spirit, you might share in his sufferings, but you will also share in his glory one day. Can we give him a little bit of praise for that? It's good news for us. Here's number five. I think this one's so crucial. It's that the spirit leads us to strength. So there's moments that we're weak and there's moments that the battle we're facing seems overwhelming to us. And there's moments that you feel like I can't find victory. It's the Holy Spirit that brings strength. Chapter eight, we're in verse 26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. So who helps you in your weaknesses? It's the Spirit. You need this. He says, for we don't know what to pray. The Holy Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. So when I'm weak, I'm being led by the Spirit of God, and I know that He's praying for me, and He's leading me, and He's going to bring me into strength. So we're led by the Spirit of God, and that's how we're strengthened. Here's the sixth one. I love this. Is that the Spirit leads us to our ultimate purpose. Our ultimate purpose. There is a perfect will of God for your life. There is a destiny that God has for your life. How do you get there? The Spirit will lead you there. I believe as you led by the Spirit of God, he'll guide your life. Look at verse 27 and 28. We'll talk about this one next week. And it's he who searches our hearts, knows the mind of the Spirit. Because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the what? The will of God. There's a will of God for your life. So the Spirit is praying and guiding you into the will of God. And then we get to the famous verse in verse 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. So it might not always be your purposes and your plans, but the Spirit will use everything in our life to lead us into the purposes of God. So let me just show it to you. I know people like to take pictures of these lists. So let me put them up there on the screen one more time. This is why we live a Spirit-led life, because your life will always be led towards Christ, towards peace, towards holiness, identity, strength, and purpose. And I don't know about you, but that's worth celebrating and we're shouting it down because that's what the Spirit does in our life life. So we have to live this life led by the spirit of God. So the question is how, 
How do we do it? And I want to spend the last few minutes I have before we baptize a bunch of people today in telling you how to be led by the Spirit. I'm going to get real practical, and I think it'll help you live a Spirit-led life. Here's the first thing. Write it down. Is that we, how do we be led by the Spirit? You've got to release control. <laughs> oh, nobody likes to hear that. They're like, give, give us the next point, Aaron. Give us the next one. Can we do a little therapy here today? How many um, are control freaks? Can we see your hand all over the place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many are married to a control freak? No, no, don't, don't answer that right now. Goodness, my wife's hand went up really quick. We love to be in control, don't we? We love to, to have the reins of our life. And, and we all have a little bit of control issues in our life. And so there has to be a point where you sit there and go, you know what, my way is not better. I know we feel like that. I know, I know we, 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 we've given ourselves this false belief that our way is better. And it's not until you release control and you say, God, I just trust you that your way is going to be better. So it's a, it's a daily practice where I have to wake up. And, and what, what God has allowed me to do here at Radiant Church and in my family and, and in different ministry opportunities, I, I think it's only possible when I wake up every day and go, God, you're again in control of my life. You're getting control. Most of your problems go back to the fact that you gave God control when you were like 10 years old at a youth camp and you never gave him control since then. And you've held the reins and you go, I just don't know why it's not working out for me. You keep getting lost in the corn maze because you're in control and God's not. Galatians chapter five. He, Paul, Paul writes to the church in Galatia. It, it, it's, it's another whole chapter on this idea of living by the spirit. He says, so I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. So he gives us the two opposing sides. Here's their spirit, and then there's flesh. So you have to make a decision, okay? When the person cut me off in traffic, was my response spirit or flesh? When I posted that picture on social media, was it spirit or flesh, the way I responded to my spouse in that argument, was it spirit or was it flesh? Look what he goes on to say. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're always at odds. They're in conflict with each other so that you're not to do whatever you want. I want, I want everybody's attention at all of our campuses right now. Look right up here at the screen. You're not to do whatever you want. It doesn't work out for our life. I wrote it down this way, put it in your notes. Surrender is a daily choice to let God lead. I'm I'm not just going to surrender at some spiritual high moment. I'm going to surrender every day and every moment to say, Holy Spirit, you lead my life. And when you release control, watch the supernatural happen in your life. Because it happens when you release control. Here's the next one, ready? It's that, how do you be led by the Spirit? You watch and pray. Watch and pray. Now this, this is a combination because it's not just prayer, it's prayer with your eyes open going, God, what do you want me to do right now? What is it? What is it? Where are you guiding me? Where are you leading me? The disciples failed miserably at this in the garden where Jesus, the night that he was betrayed, he brought them to pray. Remember he said, he said listen, pray with me for one hour. And they go, he goes to pray. Jesus kind of separates himself. And, and they do what I've seen some of y'all do in church. They fell asleep. And um, I'm not going to call you out, but you know who you are. So, and, and they fall asleep. And Jesus looks at them and says this phrase. He says, watch 
and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He says, listen, there's a combination. When there's something big going on in your life, you got to both watch and pray. Isn't it interesting that the moment that the disciples were sleeping, the enemy was active. Why is that? Because I think the enemy gets most active when us as Christians just kind of get disconnected from what we're called to do. So we have to, we have to stay engaged. We have to watch and pray. Now, the way I describe this, I teach this in our leadership training is I give a, a sign. Now, let me just tell you this sign. This sign exists in Florida, but many of you don't know it exists in Florida because most Floridians don't know what this sign means. So let me help you with it. Here's the sign. It's right here. All right. This is called a yield sign. All right, now this sign is on our roads. You might not just know it, okay? Here's what it means. It means that you are not to just go through it very quickly. It actually, here's the definition of yield. It means to pause and give way. Pause and give way. Because when you're going on the interstate and there's a yield sign, you think it's not a stop sign so you can just go through it. But if you go through it quickly, there could be a semi-truck that is gonna head your way and gonna kill you. So you gotta pause and give way. There's something bigger that could be coming and you need to find out what's coming. This is the life of a Christian. When we go into an environment, we sit there and we watch and pray. We've already released control. Now we're gonna look around and we're gonna go, God, why do you have me here? Why am I I in this moment? It was just a couple weeks ago. I was in one of our services and while I was in the middle of worship, I was just doing, I I felt the spirit leading and said, walk around the auditorium. And so I just, I got out of my seat and, and some of you here in South Tampa, you always see me, I'm kind of wandering around. I'm not, I'm not like looking for someone. I'm just kind of figuring out, like, is the Holy Spirit leading me? So I got to the back of the auditorium. There was a lady back there. She was by herself, got to pray with her. She was going through a hard time. And I realized, man, God brought me from my environment to there for the sole purpose of ministering to her. And it was only possible when we watch and pray. So so let me just say it this way. There is a God-given assignment in every environment. So you're at that lunch meeting and you're asking yourself your question. You're like, I don't know even why I'm here right now. There's a divine appointment that you don't know about. You're you're on the plane. You're sitting next to this person. You're going, I don't even know why I'm here. There's a divine appointment. Now, if they put their headphones in, leave them alone for a little bit. Okay. There's always a divine, there's a reason. There's a God-given envi- assignment in every different environment. Here's the third one, ready? Is how do we do it? We release control, we watch and pray, and then here's the third one. This is where it gets hard. Now we have to take a risk. We have to take a risk. Because we're led many times by our, our flesh. Our flesh is so natural. And so what we do is if it doesn't make sense to us, if, it does, if it's not clear to us, if it's, not, if it's not common sense to us, what we do is we don't go for it and we go, it just doesn't make sense. Let me just say this. Most of the time, if it doesn't make sense, it's probably God. Amen. It's probably God. Yep. I have people come to me all the time. They're like, hey, I feel God. I feel like God's telling me to give money to this person. I just don't know. Is it God or not? Yes. Do you really think your flesh is sitting there to tell you to give away your money? It makes no sense. Of course it's God. But it always takes the moment for you to take a step of faith. James says it this way. In the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, so you got to do something to, with it, it's dead. 
It's dead. So, so don't just sit there and go, I believe, I believe. God can do the miraculous. And then God says, okay, well, pray for that person. Oh, God, you need to do the miraculous. <laughs> you got to step out and do it. You got to take a step of faith. I remember when our church, we were about four years old, and I felt the leading of the Spirit for us to launch a campus outside of the Britain Plaza. So we had, we had one campus as a church. We were right here. It's where we started the church. And I felt like the Lord told us. So we, we prayed about some spots and we decided to go downtown Tampa. And I just felt like there was a big need there. There's a lot of people moving into the community. And so we went there. And it was the first time we, did, we became a multi-site church, meaning like they're, 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 we had the video, we had the whole worship, their worship teams, the whole deal. We created the whole system and we, we launched the campus. And it was the hardest thing, biggest risk we've ever taken as a church. And it was like terrible. And if you remember, some of y'all were on that, that team early days. It was brutal. Brutal times. I remember people asking me all the time, they're like, Aaron, are you sure we're supposed to do this? Like, you know, there's just a few dozen people sitting in this auditorium. Sometimes it's, it's terrible. It's, it's 12 minutes from where we launched at Blake High School to the South Tampa location. They're like, we could just drive there and like, we'll, we'll make it work. And I was like, I don't know. I just feel like God's leading us to do it. I feel like God's leading. And we pushed through it. Our first summer, there was about a month and a half where the school had no air conditioning, no air conditioning. And so in the middle of summer, so I remember I would get the pictures, you know, the creative team's always walking around, they're all taking pictures. And I'd get the pictures of people in the service and they're all just sweating. And I thought it was powerful. I was like, the presence of God must have been a conviction of the Holy Spirit. It wasn't. It was the air conditioning was out for a month and a half. It was, it was brutal. It was hard, but we kept doing it. We took a risk. And when we took that risk, then we kept pushing it and we kept doing it. We kept honoring God. It's always a risk. And now it's so unbelievable. It's, it's, if you don't know our story, we launched another campus a year later and a year later and a year later and a year later. And now we have seven campuses launching our eighth in January. There's more people that attend Radiant Church outside of South Tampa than do, that do in South Tampa. It's unbelievable. Why? Because our church took a risk. And your life is always going to be about taking that risk. I want to say it this way. This is your tweetable moment of the day at all of our campuses. I want you to get it ready. The spirit is too powerful and our salvation is too significant for you to play it safe. So have a moment where you understand that the spirit of God is too powerful and the salvation that has been given to me is too significant for me to live a safe life, a comfortable life. I heard someone say the reason he gave us the comforter is that he's going to put us in situations that are not comfortable. <laughs> Ooh, that's good preaching right there. So have a moment where you step out. I don't know what the faith move is for you today, but it always takes faith to get progressing in your walk with God. It takes faith for you to get plugged into a church. Have that moment, go through next steps. It takes faith for you to get vulnerable with your small group. It takes faith for you to share your story. It takes faith for you to invite someone to church. It takes faith, it's, it's difficult many times for you to tithe for your first time. I remember the first time I tithed and then my finances got worse. And I sat there and go, God, where are you in this? Are you going to believe me or not? This is the moment. Step out in faith. Believe him. It takes faith to keep giving even when it's difficult. It has faith to walk in generosity. It takes faith to invite someone to church. It has, takes faith to really forgive someone who doesn't deserve it. Yes. You got to step out in faith. I've always said it this way, that faith is spelled R-I-S-K. So take a risk, take a moment, and step out in faith. I want to honor a group of people who are here today. 
at all of our campuses. And they are taking a step of faith today to get baptized in front of our church. And now there's about a slim 1% of the population that loves to get in front of hundreds of people and celebrate the life change. And you're the crazy extroverts in the room. But a vast majority of the people that are coming up to get baptized today are people that are overcoming that, that fear in their life and getting in front of a group of friends and family and saying, you know what? It's difficult. I still have issues, but I have been saved. I am justified before God and I'm on a path towards the, the eternity and the victorious life that God has for me. So we're going to celebrate you. There's also other people that when I release in just a second, those who are getting baptized today, when I release them, there's also other people who are in the seats and they didn't sign up to get baptized. And you're in this moment and, and you didn't even know about it. And you go, well, Aaron, my life has been stagnant. I haven't been doing it right. And you're gonna also, when I release those to get baptized, you're gonna get up today too. And you're gonna go in the foyer and we've got clothes for you and we've got a towel for you and, and we'll prep you of all that this means. But I think it's a big, significant move to take a step of faith, risk it a little bit, risk your ego, risk your pride and make a decision. I'm going public with what God has done in my life. So I know we're gonna release them right now. If you're getting baptized today at Radiant Church. Would you do me a favor? Would you stand to your feet? We want to celebrate you. Would you head out into the foyer? I know there's a bunch of you guys. We're celebrating. Come on, Radiant Church. That's a big deal. Proud of you. Y'all head into the foyer. Head into the foyer. One more time. Can you make them feel loved? That's just such a big deal. Wow. Celebrating y'all, celebrating y'all, celebrating. At every one of our campuses, we celebrate y'all. Can I ask you a question across all of our campuses today? What's the risk that God's asking you to take? What is that risk? Some of you just been stagnant. You, you haven't walked in the significance that God has for you. There's a risk on the other side. Maybe it's, maybe it's quitting that job. Maybe it's starting that business. Maybe... Maybe it's giving financially. Maybe it's serving for the first time. There's always some risk and it, it, it feels tough, but it's, it'll lead you to your destiny. Let me give you a couple more and we're about to be done, I promise you. But I'm telling you, this will help you live a life led by the Spirit of God. Amen. Here's the next one is you gotta learn to rely on God's power. Put yourself in environments where you have to rely on the power of God. Where if God doesn't come through, it just, nothing will work. Amen. And that's a true life of faith. That's a true life. Look what he says in 2 Corinthians. He says, but my, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Amen. I, I want that. I want to live a life where God's power rests on me. How do we get there? We have moments where we're weak, where we say, God, you have to come through. God, you have to move. God, you have to show up. And I'm telling you, it's scary at times. It feels like it's gonna overwhelm you at times. Some of y'all know this life of faith and it's like, it's all gonna fall apart. But if God comes through, it's gonna be a miracle. That's the way I wanna live. That's the life I wanna live. We're, doing, we're seeing some stuff happen right now with our church. I can't give away the details, but we're in the place. I'm gonna, hopefully I'm about a month away from announcing it. We're in a place of seeing some of the biggest miracles we've ever seen in our life as a church. Craziest things. And it's got me freaked out. Freaked out. Because it's one of those things where I'm going, God, if this happens, you have to come through. You have to come through. But it's almost good that we live that way. I wrote it this way. A life of faith 
lives utterly dependent on God. Failure is inevitable without his intervention. So we need God. You got to get in environments where you, where you just need God. We'll, we'll close with this one. How do we be led by the Spirit? You got to give God the glory. Amen. You got to give God the glory. So when you have moments where God comes through for you and he shows up, the worst thing you can do is go, look what, look what I did. Wow, look how great I am. Look, look how, man, you're really gifted. Yeah, I am. It's incredible. Paul writes in, that, in his passage on being led by the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. He says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit, not becoming conceited. <laughs> hey, look what I did. Look how awesome I am. So every time people bring praise to me, my job is to deflect it and bring it right back on him. Right back on him. It's all for his glory. It's all for his honor. It's all for his name's sake. And I've just learned in my life that a life led by the Spirit is every time he leads me into some way of success, when I get to that place of success, if I'll give him credit, he'll lead me into greater glory. But if I take the credit, I almost get set back for some reason. Some of you guys, you keep getting set back because you keep making it about you instead of making it about him. And our life does not exist for our blessings and our prosperity and our fame. Our life exists for the glorification of God, for his glory to go across the earth, for his glory to be spread throughout Tampa Bay. Let's make it about him. Last thing, last night, ready? God calls us to do things that are beyond our ability. Here's why. Here's the whole reason so that he gets all the glory. <laughs> so when the miracle happens, when the breakthrough happens, when the marriage is restored or when the kids are raised up in the way that they should go, and people ask you, what did you do? I don't know, God was involved, he led me, he gets all the praise, he gets all the glory, and without him we are nothing, but with him all things are possible. Can we take a moment and give him some praise? Come on, I said all things are possible with him. Why don't you do me a favor and stand your feet across all of our campuses right now. We're going to have a moment before we baptize people in our services today. We're going to have a moment of just releasing control. Oh, what a good moment to have. Some of you, you've been holding on to that control, holding on to that plan, holding on to your agenda. And I want you to do me a favor. And it just as a sign of surrender, I want you to just release your hands and hold them up like this. Just like, like, you're, like you were going to receive a gift. And I want you just to just take that moment and just pray. Say, God, I give you, my, give you my past. I give you my control. I give you my issues. Today, I release them to you. What is, the, what is the risk you want me to take? What is the faith step you want me to do? We have a moment right now as we press into your presence. We get assignments from you. We get an agenda from you of what you have for our life. We listen. We wait. We hear from you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Come on, worship team, let's sing it out. Let's have a moment of worship.
last group today before we baptize people is those who are away from God. I want you to know you feel that pull on your heart, that pull to, to give your life to Christ, that draw. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit always draws us to Christ. So with every eye closed, every head bowed, if you're in the room today at one of our campuses and you, you need to make that decision, you say, I'm not living for God, but I want to. I'm not surrendered to God, but I'm going to right now. He's not my Lord and Savior, but I'm making him my Lord and Savior. This is your moment of decision. If that's you on the count of three, throw that hand up, wave it at me, and I believe God will save you right there in that seat. I'm not here to embarrass you or to call you out. This is your day of salvation. The Holy Spirit's drawing you right now. If that's you, count of three. One, two, three. Come on, raise those hands right now. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on, throw it up high. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So many people. Thank you at all of our campuses right now. Just throw that hand up, put it right back down. Let's all pray this prayer out loud together. Say, dear Jesus, Jesus, today I give you my life. Thank you for dying for me. Forgive my past, my present, and my future. And for the rest of my life, I'm going to follow you. Be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, come on, celebrate those who just made the best decision ever.